0: Welcome to the soccer podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by the one and only Dwayne. What's up? What's up? So, so, uh, hey, high school, high school soccer started up.
1: Yeah, I mean, everybody's played, I think, except for Odessa.
0: <laughs> I feel like I feel like we started the last three weeks. Middle we'll school squeeze. soccer started up too <laughs> with the same sentence. middle school school soccer started after you guys
1: and people have played before you
0: yeah there's some people that have played two games before i've played one well i mean one of our games got canceled already so oh they're running who's running that's exactly right that's exactly that's how i look at it don't don't run man i'm right here um but yeah same thing about the central league people running from you are you back on that same fall schedule where you didn't play for the first Four weeks of the season. No, they ain't running for me. I'm just saying
1: teams teams wanted to play at the top and then uh, uh put their tier down to five.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, okay. They, they they put their tier down as far as, as the clicker went. They saw they saw you put coming in and they're like, nah, I'm out. Yeah, they're out. Um yeah, we we technically have our first home game today. Uh we'll see if we play. It's raining right now, so we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. It's been it's been a good week um um yeah to see what, how it goes um a lot of changes in the state of delaware from a club soccer perspective right now a lot of announcements happened over the last like couple of days i mean yeah this time of year we're looking at tryout announcements
1: um tryout announcements have been made
0: earlier yeah and then now now it's, now it's new club announcements or yeah. new or rearrangement of clubs or renaming of clubs or we got to call many,
1: somebody that said they had an announcement for us
0: yeah um so i feel like it's it's not i don't sorry i'll rephrase there hasn't been any new club announcements it's just rearrangement of clubs or rechanging of names of the clubs if that makes sense or mergers sure we called that I mean, I don't know. There's
1: something going on in Sussex County. I'm kind of confused on that one.
0: It's it's hard to keep up with, to be honest with you, right? Like, it's just.
1: It's well, hard maybe you up can up. clarify this for me. Yes. So, one of them was Delaware FC is going to Cape Henlopen.
0: Yeah. I don't really know how any information on that. So, I don't know how how my Cape Henlopen is now being called Delmarva Rush. Well, I think, I think, I think, at least from if I'm reading the social media post correctly, uh, Delaware FC. Is going to be doing something tryout related soon in the Henlopen area. Gotcha. That's what that's what that said to me. Okay, but I could be wrong. I'm not, I don't have any information. I don't know. That's I, I, just from social media. That's what I. it's what I saw. But Henlopen Soccer Club is now going to be called the Marva Rush. Okay. Taking on that national brand that is Rush Soccer. Rush is back in Delaware. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, the other big announcement was uh sporting delaware is uh is is joining um with radnor lower marion and fc aruba to form sporting ac so sporting uh, athletic club and they got the first um delaware full delaware 13th to 19th mls next academy um so that'll be that'll be a cool cool change and it'll be a combination of that for, for all zone two. So U thirteen and U19 at the top level with whether it's MLS Academy um or whatever that those two potential tiers are and um girls academy. Right so, yeah, yeah. I mean I think listen, I, you and I have talked about it. Um I think there's potential positives and negatives to everything right and and it's no different than anything else um i think it just it adds it increases the potential player pool right like it increases the number of players that you can now bring in to to form those teams and it increases the level of those teams and potentially increases the level of all the teams yeah i mean it adds to the tier i mean it adds to the tiered system list
1: of soccer right um whatever that tiered system list is because depending on who you talk to you know one league is above another and Yeah, And and realistically, some clubs have really good teams, but don't have a fleet of really good teams, right? So they have to play, you know, in the, what is it, the USYS Elite 64 or something like that? Yeah. So where you have to play there because you don't, you, you can't play... In the UCNL right because you don't have that Yeah,
0: that. and then th- there is a lot of leagues right now you know there's there's the Elite 64 there's the USYS pro, uh National League Pro or something like that there is um the Elite Club there's the there's the there's the DPL the Delaware the Delavant Developmental Player League there's also the elite club league something like that like there's there's a lot of different it's really it's, a, it's no, a it is because
1: like even edp right like you got the edp edp regular edp and then you got like
0: the usys National league. yeah yeah which is that thing that's just that's really just a use of words because and then you have you have us club leagues with npl and so there there's a lot for sure there's a lot of options i think it's just a matter of what fits you not only what fits you i think it's what fits the culture within your club and where you think you are going to make the best decision from a player development coach development parent development and also financially responsible decision right like it's a matter of like if i'm if i'm investing the money cuz ultimately that's what it is right you're investing in a league because you're paying for the league where am I going to get not necessarily the most bang for your buck, but where am I going to get the most return in my investment return? Yeah. Right. Like competitiveness locations, you know, uh, league support, league resources, you know, access to showcases, events, things like that. So there's, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. Um, So this is just kind of what's happening. So, so yeah, we're just, you know, we're here to provide information. I think. For as little information as we potentially have, because we might have to call, we might have to get all the
1: leagues on one call and have them explain their leagues. Maybe.
0: Maybe not all, all in one at one time, because now be, they might that, all fight each other. That, I, don't, I don't, that would be interesting. But we could do definitely try to bring people one at a time and ta- let them to let them talk about their league. Absolutely. Got called,
1: um, first person we got called is JB. JB. JB from the Central League. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah um so that's yeah.
1: the first person we're calling
0: yeah um all right uh we we have an interview today we we do have an interview today i almost forgot actually who were who were what interview we're doing jb <laughs> view, jb is oh, on the line hello jb no JB's is on the line um but we we do have an interview today um so this week um perfect man Today, this is a perfect day for for this person to have to we have this interview with this person. Who is this person? Because this is the person that, because um, when we talk about the idea of of um, of potential changes and leagues and tryouts and all this other stuff, what's the ultimate key behind all those things? Needing to have proper what? Organization and planning. So as the C. Rhymes with communications.
1: communication. Communic- <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> you said rhymes with C and communications. And I was like,
0: or start to see communications. And that went over my head. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today we have the recording of the Tom Shields interview. Tom Shields from Jersey. Uh, yeah, that I, I think one of the most interesting... Um, one of the most sought-out interviewees at the convention. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was... Yeah. Yeah, so he's a, a director, he's a technical director of STA. What's STA stand for again? Oh, man, I are putting me in a bind. I have no idea. Uh, STA stands for yeah no idea. training academy uh but what what is what is the s stand
1: for then Oh no, no i'm not in jersey enough to know the s swedes Sparrow training
0: academy is that what it is no oh okay yeah i don't know <laughs> maybe we should have asked them that uh that would have been a good that would have been a good thing to ask them right can we get them on the can we get them on the phone i don't think so Um a lot of a lot of leagues. Yeah, that's yeah. So that he would be the he might be the person that tells us everything because he might, you know, he might be able to know all of the things that do you think he can name what teams he has in each league? What do you mean?
1: Like they're in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They're affiliated with eight different leagues across their entire well, pathway, even. What I'm to say, like three of
0: those leagues are adult,
1: adult-driven leagues. But do you think he can name the teams in each of them?
0: Like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean if I can name the teams? Is he that good that he could know that? Tom oh, he he could. Like, if
1: he told as a technical he, director, can you name your? team? Oh,
0: I'm sure. I'm sure he could. 100%.
1: <laughs> yeah, we should I, get him. I, I, on
0: the, we should get him on there and and put him on the spot. I'd have I have confidence that he would be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so we, we talked to Tom Tom Shields about um a lot of different things. And and Tom's a good guy. Um yeah, I mean that's that's isn't that's, that's as good as it like that's that's the intro you need he's just he's just one of those people you want to listen to. So all right, we'll listen to Tom. All right, uh Dwayne, it's uh it's it this might be one of the few times where we actually get to interview somebody twice the first time on zoom and now actually in person. Person. i think i think this might be the first one uh tom shields is here with us he is a technical director the- i would argue man we, we have mike bar on zoom and then we oh have- uh, we did we did so you gotta battle
1: it out mike or tom they gotta battle it out on the field right
0: I, mean, I think Tom could take Mike. Oh, I don't know, man. Mike
1: might Mike, Mike have a couple of tricks up his sleeve.
0: Uh, but Tom Shields is the technical director, voice ECNL director, and the USL2 head coach at STA in New Jersey. Tom, how are you? I'm good, Seth.
2: Thank you for for having me again, and great to be back with both of you. What does STA stand for? Uh, <laughs> Technically, Sports Training Academy. Got Once Upon a Time showing Soccer Training Academy. Now it's just SDA. It's
1: just SDA. Now it's just SDA. Shields yeah, Training Academy. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> been referenced a few times as well. There you go. Uh,
0: it's so a Shields Club. Yeah. So Tom, you uh, you had you had uh, four or five sessions that you were you've been uh, presenting this this. Uh... Let's up. start off with the with the with the heavy hitter one. You got to interview Jesse Marsh. I did. Uh, so how was how was that, and how did that come about? Let's let's start off there. Yeah. Um,
2: so I've been really fortunate over the last four or so years to just to develop a friendship with Jesse. Um, Obviously the football world is a, as a small one and him having so much of his time in New Jersey meant that there was a lot of mutual connections there Um, was connected and have just been able to, to stay in touch. And he's been, he's been wonderful with me um, in terms of extending himself um, both obviously as a, as a, as a mentor, as a friend, you know, via phone calls, via messages, and then obviously in person when I've been, been able to travel back to the, to the UK and, and spent some time with him and the technical staff um, at Leeds United. So just another example of how close-knit the football world is and, and honestly, how irrespective of the level that people operate at, they're
0: just good football guys at the heart of it all.
1: Very humble. That's a very humble interview.
0: Well, I mean, I think it's also. The, I mean, it when. So, if you think back, the the first time you were on the podcast, uh, the main topic conversation was was the idea of players first. We were part of the the players first program through US Club, and, and we just talked about wanting to to have like minded people on the podcast yeah. and and to to talk about the the why it's important, the why right, the why the why we do it, the specifically the the sports psychology aspect of it, um, which you have a lot of experience in. I think that's the other part of it. It's it's the connections that you can build through people, right? I mean, the 100%. convention obviously is 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 the culmination of that because you walk you walk around, you see people they haven't seen in a couple of years, and you run into people and things like that. Um, but at the same time, it's the it's the idea of the idea of sharing ideas. I was having a conversation yesterday or two days ago. Uh, with somebody that I took a coaching course with and they were like, oh, we're trying to figure out what to do with the summer thing. And I was like, oh, what, what about this and this? And they're like, oh, was well, a really good? So like all of a sudden, like their Club might adopt an idea that we just talked about randomly. Yeah, by the for stables. sure. So um, how are your other sessions that you did? Yeah, great. Listen,
2: I I love convention and I've I've been really fortunate to both sit on the outside of sessions and look in and obviously, you know, now be, you know, be a on center stage, I guess. So um, yeah, really enjoyed them. I think audience interaction was, was wonderful. Um, you know, as you just referenced there said, we've, we've spent a lot of time on, you know, really diving into the psychosocial social portion of player development and, and really more importantly this week, club development and club infrastructure and club ecosystem and making sure that there's a synergy across the identity that organizations demonstrate that there's a connection between, you know, every element of what happens on and off the field um and its ability to to contribute towards the end product of of what you want the game to look like for, you know, the teams and the and the players that are under your care. Um so I think, you know, I'm I'm always quite intentional of wanting to provoke thought, try to evoke challenge a little bit, try to, you know. Sometimes be a little contentious in the sessions and, you know, uh, again, understand that in many, in many areas of our industry, we can still be better. Yeah, Right. We can still do more. Um And I have a, I have a phrase that I use with, with players about picky, difficult, and it's the same to coaches and club leaders. We have a, a whole host of barriers in the way, Um but slowly, you know, slowly but surely if you start to knock down those barriers we can we can really have some some quite meaningful impact um and that's what the conversations were it was about trying to provide a you know a theoretical explanation for why this matters why it's important but but also offer a whole host of practical examples of ways that you know we're working towards it again not for one second saying that we're perfect but you know we believe wholeheartedly in what we do why we do it and importantly how we do it the way that we do it Um, and I just wanted to be able to share that with, with the audience in the room and thought, you know, thankfully interaction was great and feedback has been great.
0: So, well, you sat on a panel about the landscape of, of us. That's today. That's, that's the panel panel today. That's the one today. Yeah. Um, can you give us a little preview on, on some of the topics of conversation there? Cause it, 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 it's, it's an ever. Constant moving, yeah. Machine. Oh, there's
1: definitely a, there's definitely a topic we've talked about in some of our interviews. Yeah. that's going to pop up there, right? Like I think, I, yeah, probably two of them, right?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, look for for us, we're really we're really lucky with the the group that has been put together. Um, obviously, again, it's it's people that are, are good friends, and it's a it's a demonstration of of Seb, exactly what you've just mentioned about convention of of you know the game uniting individuals that are are driven by similar, you know, similar ideas. Um, It's part of the DOC track, the conversation. So, you know, we're really, we're separating the conversation into three primary buckets, club development, coach development, stroke coach education and, and player development. Um, And want to be able to speak directly to the DOCs across, you know, across the youth landscape about how we can, you know, how we can operate to ultimately to to, to best maximize the potential of the the players that we're working with. Um, Obviously, we, you know, we may well dive into some of the challenges that exist depending on, you know, where you are geographically, depending on the type of organization that you are, the size, the funding that you have, you know, for-profit, non-for-profit, boards to answer to or not, full-time staff or not, you know, challenges of club leaders and, teams clubs within similar geographical areas coexisting and working together and and what we need to do to change the narrative to again be able to leave places like this and and be motivated and inspired to to drive forward together and and do it do it positively and and do it without you know apprehension and and you know resistance based on being protective of who we have or what we do and being afraid of competition in some instances. Um, so hopefully again, hopefully it's going to be a fun one and, um, always excited by the potential of plenty of audience interaction. Because I think that's where it gets real. Um, and all we're going to do is just speak with, with sincerity about the experiences that we share and and hope that people can take something away from it.
0: You, you brought up something really interesting about the idea of competition. I feel like for. For a brief period of time during these four or five days, the, the, the barriers that we as coaches or as administrators have slightly go down. And for a brief period of time, we're all super friendly with each other. We're all, we're all, we're all happy and we're all excited to see each other. And, and and we, we went to the Delaware club or Delaware coaches social and a lot of high school coaches is in there. Again, we're all sitting there smiling. Oh, it's great to see you. Great to see you. Great. Fantastic. But it's also it's 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 also that weird feeling of a moment of like is all really kind of like weirdly alive because at the end of the day, then we get back to the field and then we're we're competing with each other and you know and well everybody was got,
1: let's let's be honest at the Delaware coaches social everybody was feeling you out because <laughs> I don't know why you've I gotten said. a free pass for three years. Right? So, <laughs> I did not have so, a free pass for so three years. Sebastian coaches a high school brand new high school. I they adore. only have freshmen, sophomore, juniors, right? So yes. make sure they'll have a senior class. Yes, he's been skating by in Division Two. Now he goes to Division He's One. Gotta step year. up to the big boy league. Yeah. So you, got, you already got people <laughs> yeah. sizing them up. Like, well, hey, uh, you got like what was it? Uh, Padua, the best team in the states, looking at him. Hey, you want to play us? St. Mark's, I think they're in D two. They're
0: looking at him like, hey, you're ready to play us now. So <laughs> yeah.
1: everybody was really reaching for him to try to get them on their schedules.
0: But but I think but I think and we do the same thing with players, right? This idea of competition of like we're afraid to play this team because they're the team that's down the road from us, even though every single parent in our club wants to play closer to our house and not drive an hour and a half, two hours away. But we're afraid that if we lose to this team, then we lose players and this and that. Do you think at some point, or do you think we're moving the needle forward a little bit towards the idea that like, ultimately, yes, parents are going to do what they think is best thing for their kids. But do you think we're getting to a point where as clubs, we are looking out for the betterment of the player from a psychological perspective to get, Put the pressure away of this, like, oh, please don't. I don't want to lose this game, but if I lose this game, I'm afraid I'm going to lose you and this and that. And I, I know it's a loaded question. <laughs> no,
2: listen, I, I think it's, I think it's so hard. And I think it's important that we confront it. I think it's, no, I'll, I'll sit and in many ways be so. Pure in my ideology of what you would like the game and the landscape to be here we can we can wish it was something the reality is it absolutely isn't yeah the reality is that you know competition is an inherent part of how you know systemically youth soccer in this country is structured we can't escape the fact that we have to perform and we have to succeed in order to gain leverage in terms of visibility at events and you know the foundation that you can therefore offer and the platform you can offer for your players to progress to the next level it's all based upon it's all predicated upon how good your team is and therefore who in theory would want to see them play at the very top level and ultimately for, for many parents obviously that that exit route is the return on investment that they're searching for. So you flip it round, seven, you you said, okay, are we getting better? Well, how do we, how do we make every game not feel like, oh my gosh, if we lose this, it's going to be disastrous. and my team's going to implode. Well, that's culture and education, yeah. right? That's trusting and entrusting that the, the parents and the players and the, and the membership that make up your club believe in what you're doing and why you're doing it. And ultimately they've chosen to be there for a reason. So, Yes. Is there a chance that people may look left or look right if a result goes the wrong way against a local rival? Yeah, of, of course. But at the same time, you would hope that nobody's experience in any organization is so mm-hmm. broken that they would jump with with one and it, right. you can't even call it a negative experience, right? It's right. just with one bad result. What, yeah. it might even be a bad result, just one a, a loss. Like, yeah. come on, there's teams, you know. All around the world, in this game, that that lose. losing is part of this game.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that you've walked off the field smiling after a loss because you know, hey, we lost, but I see the bright side of things. We can do better. All we have to do is fix this, right?
2: Hundred percent. And it and listen, it it's all it's process, right? So we we talk about this the stigma of parent education within all of this because that's ultimately what you're doing, right? You're you, you're trying to you're trying to make sure that you you can be as comfortable and confident as possible that the sustainability of your team. Is is there? Yes. So when you say that, Dwayne, it's it's like, yeah, okay. How do we take this as a learning opportunity? How do we reference the process for the good or the bad of what happened? You know, how do we how do we acknowledge what we're doing? You know, to continue to grow and 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 in any game, there's going to be good moments and in any game there's going to be less good moments but it's it, it's not getting too high with the highs and not getting too low with the lows yeah. so that there's some semblance of calm and you know we can normalize this and, and honestly it's you know i think back to a conversation i had here five years ago or so now when tony strudwick was still at manchester united who obviously was was a, a key part of Alex ferguson's first team staff and struds was talking to us about ideal models for youth development in terms of the types of struggle that and the games program in essence that you want to expose your kids to and he was saying it's like shieldy it's like 25 percent of games we want to get battered yeah like we we want to struggle how are we going to deal with adversity how are we going to see what the kids you know resilience looks like and their tenacity and their courage and their ability to you know to step up or to you know to show some heart and, and to swim and not sink. Like, so we purposely say 25% of games, maybe it's older, maybe it's better, Maybe you know, what, whatever, whatever barometer you can use to say, this is gonna be hard for us. 25%, we want to be more comfortable so we can be creative with, you know, innovative ways of playing or, hey, we can move our fullback to a winger and vice versa, or we, we know we're going to be ball dominant so we can try X, Y, and Z. It's like 50%, I want to be the best type of games that we can, and it's and it's highly competitive and it's a goal or two in a game, Like, and it's, you know, we're
0: there. But I think it's also, but it goes back to the idea of just as humans, human beings, right? This idea of not, not looking for challenges, right? Like if you play a board game, right? Like we could sit here and play a board game if, or, or let's just say we like, if we sat down and played chess, right? And we found out Tom is a, you'd beat me at that. I was gonna say, if I <laughs> find out Tom is a, is a chess master and I'm terrible at chess, I'm still think I'm playing checkers. That's not fun for you or for me, right? Like, so you, but you inherently want competitiveness. You want challenges, and especially kids. Kids, I mean, the research has shown that kids,
2: 100%. kids,
0: kids want a challenge. Kids less care less about the result and care about more about having fun and being challenged and having somebody care for them. Right. Like mic drop. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it comes down to. And I feel like at times we lose, we lose sight of that. So when you, when a big part of STA and, and, and something that I think is, is really cool with what you guys do there is you'd focus on the, the, the psychological part of it, and the psychosocial component of the game. How do you now as a USL two coach bring that into that? Cause now you're dealing with, with adults Yeah. And are you dealing with adults that maybe growing up didn't have that, that, that sports psychology aspect of it? So how do you bring that into it? Listen, at at every level,
2: we try to be as intentional as possible with our process, processes, behaviors, processes, daily actions, processes, you know, the, the team culture and the environment that we've, we've built. Um, so you're absolutely right. Some of it, uh, some of it might be new. I also think now collegiate programs and, and the the vast majority of our guys are coming from, you know, obviously really well established institutions and many, uh, you know, power five division one schools. So the, the, you know, the resources that, that, that those guys can offer in the integration of things like sports psychology and, you know, performance coaches. In those environments, is far more apparent than perhaps it once was. So I think it's it's less it's less new, but at the same time, the challenge is okay. We're going to take. I think I, I did a, a presentation in the first session that we had last year, and we did it in a classroom, right? We brought people in. We and we're lucky that we have an indoor facility and we can we can do that. But one of the one of the slides that I had was an image of 26 school logos with an arrow of turning into our one logo, because that, that, that was the reality, right? That was, you know, it's a unique position where all of these guys in their own organizations, in their own, in their own college programs are going to be asked to perform certain things. They're going to have their own values. They're going to have their own, you know, way of playing team culture, um, norms, but it's about, it's about establishing and, in that situation through them not through me what they wanted their experience to stand for um you know part of my presentation yesterday again was was practical examples of how we do this so one of them was a slide and there's three questions what you know when we're building the culture of a group or we've every every year i ask the staff uh, you know across the club and obviously in this instance with usl2 you know, to speak to the players and it's like, and we do it with ID2 as well in in the middle of the, you know, the start of camps, it's, you know, what should you expect from me? What should I expect from you? And what should you expect from each other? And then it's not about me as a coach saying, this is who we are, this is what we do, this is what we must represent, this is what we must stand for, because it's not my experience. Right. Yeah. Now, all I'm doing is saying it's really important to me that we establish some values and we establish a way that we're going to commit to to living out this experience, but the answers to those are, are theirs, and I think, you know, once we establish all of that, then it's just it's repeating process every day, and it's it's continuing to reinforce the things that matter. Um, so it wasn't as if and it isn't as if. You know just because you know those guys are are adults that suddenly all of the stuff that we talk about is thrown out the window and we've uh, and we don't think is going to work because it absolutely is because it's driven by people it's driven about finding ways to to maximize the potential of people of players of individuals um maybe the way it's delivered slightly yeah okay that can change in the way that you build relationships with those guys and you know obviously it sometimes how much you can push and, you know, the challenge and the, and, the, and sometimes the stresses and, and all the things that you, you know, are inherently different with, with age and, and level. Um, but at, at the core of it, it's relationships and it's people. So, you know, process matters and reinforcing the same, you, you know, what, what, what you value over and over again is key.
0: Do you feel like you've, uh, your approach to coaching it, changes or is it do you still kind of follow the same no listen i
2: i think um one of the key challenges. so let's start here i believe one of the best abilities for any coach is adaptability and i think that your value and i think that your um ceiling is going to be influenced by How well you can adjust to a variety of circumstances, situations, especially in the US, if you're in the youth space, ages, levels, genders. Um, But equally, I think it's it's critical that the needs of an eight-year-old are different to the needs of an 18-year-old. So I would be naive and negligent, in fact, if I were to try to treat them in the same way and I were to try to interact with them in the same way. So again, for, for me, that just goes back to being really considerate of your coaching behaviors and being intentional with, with what you're doing and how you're doing it. So again, it's not just practice design, yeah. but it's, it's how we're, we'll, you know, how are we providing feedback? You know, what, what language are we using? How complex, how stern? You know, um, and I think you know. I think that's key for for lots of coaches to consider, especially those that take uh, those that take players and teams on a journey. You know, okay, we might right now have a group of thirteen year old boys. If you have that team for four years, then I coach those seventeen year olds like I coach those thirteen year olds. So I have to demonstrate the ability to adjust and level up to meet their needs. Otherwise, the team could outgrow me right right so in this instance yeah like of of course with with the boys I'm I'm conscious of once certain values are set like okay what is it that they want because they they're not going to be want to be told that things are great and good when when they're not or they're not going to be want to you know the leash is so, is short so if if we you know if if training, uh, my things anyway, intensity, intelligence, competition, collaboration, You know the intensity piece is critical to any training environment that I wanna create. And it's critical to them maximizing the time that they're investing in being there because they could go work. They could, listen, they could have summers where they can go and enjoy themselves. Yeah. They're choosing to play football, right? They're choosing to stay in it. So again, we've got an obligation to each other to make this experience the best it can be. Otherwise we're wasting each other's time and that's not a good place for anybody. So I can't, I can't be afraid. Oh, maybe with younger, that leash of what accountability looks like can be can be increased a touch. But I can't then for treat high potential. You know, we've got you know you former youth national team players, people that you know two of the boys that were in the group last year have, have signed professional contracts this year. Like we've got people that are aspirational. Yeah. So there's a duty of care to replicate you know, our behaviors with with the types of expectations and standards that they they're they're clearly looking for. Um so I just think it's it's take a step back and just make sure that you um you match the moment with the message.
0: Right? Like it's how do you <clears throat> you brought up you brought up a you brought up the instance of coaching a team from thirteen to seventeen. And I feel like this is a topic of conversation that I don't know that it has the right answer. I think it's situational, but how do you approach the idea of how long a coach should stay with a team and are there certain milestones where a new voice should happen?
2: Yeah, look, I think, Seb, this one is, it's entirely context dependent. And I think, again, we, I mentioned earlier, we can sit on a scale of, of, ideological yeah. and then there's realistic the real, and practical yeah. um so if you for, don't
0: have enough coaches in your staff that for, <laughs> uh,
2: let's, but if yeah. you also
1: win an ECNL championships right do you change right for, so right.
2: The, again so let's let's unpick it a little bit first and foremost yeah I have to have the bandwidth to have all the people that are available to to come in right so if I'm a small a small organization that might not be the case um for me I I think I sit more in the, the place of if it's not broke, don't fix it as long as, and this is the key bit building on what I just said, as long as that coach can demonstrate the competency to to give the, the players what they need and in return that there's no complacency that has become a part of the relationship between players and coach. Um, I think a lot of it. Coaches have to be accountable to upskilling. Again, I can't take a group and just assume that I I'm good enough for the group because again, the needs of a 17 year old are different to a 13 year old. So I have to be prepared to grow and develop with the team. Um, I think, you know, you you have models. If you're in a situation where you're hiring single team coaches, I think it's different. I think you know ideally you want to create a platform where you've got age group specialists or you've got age group experts because listen there are some wonderful wonderful coaches of 8 and 9 year olds that do an amazing job that will outwardly say I don't want to deal with 18 and 19 year olds yeah. and vice versa so we have an obligation to to try to not put square pegs in round holes and to you know again within the within the I guess conditions and restraints that you're you're operating with, all those factors will influence decision making. Like, do I make this change? Do I not? But fundamentally, I I believe it's it's influenced most by the yeah the the ability of the coach to to give the players what they need in that moment, and the ability for the players to still be receptive to it. And if and if there's any sense that a new voice is necessary, then you know.
0: I think it's also. Trying to achieve that—that that hard, the hardest part, which is the, which is the vulnerability piece of it, of that, it's self-reflection of knowing 100%. what, right? It was funny. I was actually having a conversation with with Kyle, who's one of the coaches that I used to work with, and uh, he coached he coached at a Division three school in New York for ten years, coaching men's college soccer. And when I met him, I said, "Hey, I got this job that I can give you to coach three to six year olds. What do you think?" And uh, yeah and he said yes and he's b- probably one of the best people i've ever seen coaching 3 to 6 year olds he coached my own kids yeah and yesterday we were having a conversation in the car and he goes yeah realistically like you know the the curriculum i was like no 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 i was like let's back up for a second i was like give yourself the credit because i can run the admin side of it i can i can create the registration do all that stuff but i was like if you if you asked me to show up at the field and coach a bunch of 3 to 6 year olds i like I would have to seriously put myself in a mental state to be able to manage it. And I don't even know if I could do a good job of it because I, I just, I, I've watched my daughter play soccer and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I looked at him and I'm like, I don't know how you do it. It's like, it's fantastic. So I think it's that it's, I think it's that, that self-reflection of understanding where your strengths are and, and also just knowing where someone else's strengths are. Like I, I know for a fact that I can coach a nine and 10 year old session, but it's not where i feel the most comfortable it's not and it's not to say that it's not good to be uncomfortable in certain scenarios but it's also knowing your strengths and weaknesses 100 percent.
2: Right? but i think that it's what you're talking about as well is ego and being able to take your ego out of something and say okay maybe i'm not best suited to this anymore <laughs> and that's a hard thing to do to be humble enough to be vulnerable enough to be self-aware enough to do that that's that's tough because it, it won't be i in, in most instances it won't be for a lack of wanting to help those players it won't be for a lack of investment in your job or in that group um but it's a critical piece now and it's and it's a critical piece for club leaders and you know c suite executives to be able to objectively look at a situation and peel back the layers and understand that you know we we have to make decisions for the for the great are good and it and you know that is difficult but again like we spoke about earlier and and challenge and change like it, it's tough but but part of our job is is handling tough
1: yeah handling adversity
2: yeah like it's it's and we we can't, the easy thing to do would be to not change anything in those situations, right? The easy, but that, but then you do a disservice to people. Yeah. So if you say that this is what I represent, this is what I stand for, this is what I'm driven by, this is, you know, this is how I'm going to, you know, serve my membership, then I have to do it. I have to, like, otherwise it's just words on paper.
1: Right. It goes back to what you said, right? Kids want challenges. And now as adults, yep. we want the same challenges. We just don't want it the same way as All we right. had, as we were when we were kids.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's hard, right? I mean, because it's...
1: Because we know what the challenge is, right? Like as an adult, we we can already kind of figure things out, but it's, can you, can you meet the challenge, right? Can you, if I have to adjust, adapt, can I still meet that challenge and still find the success, right? Because at the end of the day, that's all we want, success.
0: Yeah. Tom, um, it was absolutely amazing to have you on i feel like sense. i feel like again i feel like it's one of those conversations i feel like I've, we're gonna have a
1: panel we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna need to I have think, i think we, i think i think you know this is one of the this is probably a third or fourth pick we didn't talk about parents right yeah and i'm interested to see you know the parent model in the sta club i'm interested to see the parent model in some other clubs but i think we have a panel right on the podcast we just talk about Parent engagement, because yeah, I think a lot of what we talked about, right? We, we like a lot of we talked about with Tom today was <laughs> player specific, but obviously we know there's the other side of it. Yeah, we yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah, know yeah, that the parents, you know, you yeah. know the ECL kids at you 17, U 18, they're driving themselves to practice. But what about the younger kids, right? How do, how do we how do they go And the parents drive a big component of
2: that. They, they do, and like to to close, I yeah, yeah. you know, I th- people. People buy your why, right? Like people yeah. believe like, and if you know it and you're clear with it, and that's you know, so tie it back to a couple of the presentations, Seb. And that you know, I said the one the one question for me that all coaches need to be answer able to answer on both a philosophical and a practical level is why do we do what we do? Yeah. Right. So what what is driving me? A as the human that's responsible for your other humans, your children, but be on a on a club level or on a practical level of, you know. Why am I operating in the way that I'm operating? Why are we training and playing in the way that we're training and playing? Why am I providing feedback? Why, you know, is there enough inherent trust that is built, not assumed, but built and that says, hey, through all of this challenge, I truly believe that my coach or my club has the best needs of my son or daughter in mind. And if we can if, if we can look ourselves as coaches and practitioners and and executives and managers in the mirror in the eyes and say all of my decisions are grounded in in that then i think we're okay right and as difficult as conversations are and as difficult and as it is to to upset people sometimes if it's inherently done for all of the right reasons that might sting a little bit it might take time but i think people can unpack that and i think that's where you earn the trust and you and you facilitate the stability that everybody's looking for
0: Yeah. (laughs) Mic drop. Again, it's, 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 it's learning opportunities is learning. He's got mic drop for days. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Tom, Tom, honestly, thank you so much for, for coming on. I feel like, again, if we can do, we can do a series of podcasts on, on all these things and and continue to talk about these uh, multiple topics, but, um, thanks so much for coming on and best of luck in your, your last session today and, uh, and the rest of the season at STA. Thank you fellas. And,
2: uh, thank you for continuing to do the great work that you do it's uh it's it's fun to see you guys and uh and the effort and time that you're putting in to create the content for everyone so thanks thank you guys
0: too appreciate it thank you all right duane um yesterday was was a good day uh yeah sure what was yesterday uh yesterday well we're in the fifa we're in the fifa like break Oh, uh, thought you had like a birthday or something. Nah, my birthday is in November. Um, well, uh, we had uh, Argentina played at home. Oh my gosh, here we go. <laughs> what? Why are you so against Argentina? This is can Can you explain this to me? I don't care about Argentina, man. But go ahead. <laughs> if anybody else had won the World Cup, would you be? Would you? Would you shown the same level of like disinterest? Outside of the um, US. If the US won it, outside of the US, like if anybody
1: else. It's all good, man. Hold on, I got something for you. Go ahead oh. and finish. I'll be right back. I got something
0: for you. What we, you're gonna leave and then I'm just talking to I, I, I got something for you. Oh my god. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so Argentina played Panama in the in the homecoming of uh after the World Cup. Um so obviously the parade would happened. Uh, as soon as the players got back, but this was the official first game, um, in Argentina. Oh, you got that Messi jersey from PSG. Oh, that is nice. I do like that. You got the goat on the side or no? You know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. I'll give that to you that. That's good. That's nice. Uh, I apologize.
1: Nothing against. Nothing against Argentina.
0: There you go. Um, but anyway, so, uh, so, so yeah, we so Argentina played. Um big celebration. And then afterwards there was a whole ceremony. Messi talked, Scaloni talked. All the players got a replica World Cup. And then they got to take pictures like their families were, were on the field and everything else. It was it was really, actually a really, really cool moment. Uh, played Panama. Beat Panama, of course you gotta pick an
1: opponent you know you can beat.
0: Well, I mean it took a while, but beat Panama 2 nothing. Uh Tiago Almada scored the first goal.
1: From Atlanta United, bro. He yeah. had a
0: laser yeah. for Atlanta uh, yeah. right before the break. And then um and then uh Lionel Messi scored his uh eight hundredth career goal. Good for him. So uh on a free kick. It's 800 Took more him than him. a lot of people. Took him six free kicks to to score it, but it was he rocked the crossbar in the post twice. Um. So it was. It was really good. It was a really good. Goal wasn't. Goal wasn't regulation sized. Yeah. Good for I, him Saw a bunch of Panamanians digging underneath the goal, trying to make that goal lower. <laughs> uh There's a sinkhole down here. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it was. It was really. It was really cool. Um, yeah. It was. It was actually a very, very enjoyable moment good. So, I enjoyed it. Interesting that uh, the MLS
1: is playing through the FIFA international break. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Because I was about to say, we got a game tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. the Union play at home. Who they play? Uh, Orlando City. Oh, I just came from Orlando. Oh, okay.
0: You know who they play next week? They play Atlas. Well, let's play Sporting Kansas City first. Will they play Atlas on Tuesday? This Tuesday. Another weekend. No, it's a weekend. Wait,
1: another week in March. There's another week in March. My bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not really. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, I hate, I hate so, these. Man. And this
1: 2023 has had the weirdest weeks. It's like where you think it's the end of the month and it's not the end of the month.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's Orlando, and then yeah. No, you got you got some time there. My uh, bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, actually, it, uh, when was the deadline to to not want your tickets? Oh, I think it already passed. What? No. Did it really?
1: I think so. I think it might have been yesterday. Oh, no. Please tell me no. Oh, man. That sucks.
0: I don't want my tickets.
1: Um, well, tomorrow's Kids Day, so if you got your tickets, you could probably find some kids that want to come in. <laughs> that's Uh, gonna be that's gonna be lovely to navigate through i'm just gonna give you a heads up shout out to uh the union staff for putting together kids night but yeah it's like a bunch of adults in a playground what do you mean because there's a bunch of kids running around and you're you're the minority the kids are the majority and the adults are the minority Hmm. because everybody brings their teams to the games you know you got that mom that picks up like six, seven kids We're going to the game. And yeah, it's kids night.
0: First kids night of the year. Kids night, man. You bringing your kids? No, I'm not. <laughs> I don't think I'm even going to the game. Oh. Yeah. How about that? Trading your tickets in?
1: I'm trying to sell them. If anybody wants them. Should That was in Orlando. You should have told
0: me. What, are you going to give them to somebody in Orlando? Dude, there are so many Orlando City SC fans out there. Yeah, but no one's going to buy them and then fly here. I mean, I guess you can fly Avella to a certain extent, right? Fly Avella. Shout out to our sponsor of the podcast, Avella. <laughs> yeah, do you, we got a sponsor, man. You didn't tell me. I didn't get that check. <laughs>
1: you got free tickets, round trip, anywhere.
0: Any yeah. destination
1: that they fly to. Yeah, I just got
0: to show up and tell them doing something.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you'll be on the standby
0: list. Oh my god, man! Don't, don't please. Public service announcement: Please, nobody show up to the Wilmington Airport saying, "Dwayne, say you, know, you, might get escorted out."
1: <laughs> got TSA pre checked, got no, all that no, clear. No, no.
0: Stop, stop, stop! He <laughs> got all <laughs> TSA pre checked and clear in the Wilmington Airport. <laughs>
1: I don't even think TSA pre-check exists in the Wilmington airport.
0: There's no way. Barely. TSA probably
1: (laughs) exists. (laughs) It's one flight. It's one flight of worth of people. Yeah. No, but uh, tomorrow should be a good game because who's Orlando have? Is uh, Nani still there?
0: (laughs) No. Retirement home Nani. (laughs) Is he not there anymore? I don't know. He might still be there. Yes, uh, there. Well, but he might be with. Uh, oh, Duncan or, McGuire. with a Peru national team. Um, that's a problem. A lot of these players that they got are probably with their national teams. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. Is that why they scheduled the game? Rodrigo Schlegel, Argentinian. Uh, yeah,
1: well, there's Argent. I mean, Julian Carranza is Argentinian too. But it looks like he's going to be playing.
0: Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just you just you're looking for players. I got you. A lot of Peruvian players in uh, in Orlando, man. You got some good food. A lot of peruvians a lot of peruvians um, um i don't know any of these guys yeah i don't really know either
1: <laughs> i mean you got jack mcgland for the for the union and they got jack jack lynn, lynn. <laughs> i saw that uh, but jack mcgland is in spain yeah so he's not so there. quinn sullivan so the union are down some subs some high impact subs
0: yeah, I, I i don't particularly know many of these uh these one really I know. I got ones. that guy from Iceland, uh Dagor. Yeah, I i do know Rodrigo Schlegel. That's the only one that that kind of stands out to me. You don't know Mauricio Pereira? They're number ten.
1: Mauricio Pereira. Or current Urkhan Ur- Kara. They're number nine. No. Okay. He's from well, Uruguay.
0: Mauricio Pereira. Uruguay. Yeah.
1: Well, their owners own the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Who? Uh, Orlando?
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I don't know if this guy's Wikipedia is updated, but I don't think you can own Nashville, co own Nashville, SC, and Orlando. You
0: can own whatever you want.
1: Okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, yep, don't really know any of these guys um, yeah. all right. well, so like, it's a big game well they got rid of Daryl DK, Chris Mueller Dom Dwyer, Kyle Lahren, and Nani they're top goal scorers and the only people that anybody would know so it seems like it's going to be a union victory Hopefully, we'll go out and say might be a slaughterhouse
0: 5-0 <laughs> okay all right all right. Well, for the uh, the crazy portion of the day, brought to you by Dwayne.
1: Man, they're in ninth place. They're 1-2-1. and one. We're the union. I 2 and
0: 2 I don't, I don't know. I just think five I think it's just a tough scoreline, but maybe. Um. All right. You want to move on to the player of the match? Player of the match?
1: Frank Kessie. Why? What did Frank Kessie do this week? I don't know. What did he do? You do? Beat Real Madrid. El oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. When kissy. didn't get to watch the game. I was in the air. I
0: American did watch the game, actually. American
1: actually. American Airlines is really American and did not show El Clasico.
0: I I did watch. I did watch the game actually. Good. um uh, mine mine goes to Messi for scoring his 800th career goal. And just the in general, price of the jersey probably just went up. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. With that Qatar Airways wasn't Barcelona sponsored
1: by Qatar back in the day. At
0: some point, yeah. So was Boca Juniors. Um, I don't have any Boca Juniors jerseys. I gotta get you one of those, man. Um, gotta, I'll, get I'll get you one. Um, one of McAllister jersey. All right. I mean, I don't know if I can still find a Boca Juniors McAllister jersey, but maybe. Give me two. I got. I know. I know a guy that wants one. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, on this day in soccer history. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy this considering you're you're the tiebreaker king. Um So March 24th, 1965. We're going back away. My mom wasn't even born yet. Going back. My mom was a month away from being born. Um Uh Liverpool got past the second round of the FA Cup and they're playing Rotterdam they tied both games cuz remember if you draw the first game then you got to do a replay replay no pk shootouts invented uh put in place yet for there for that so what do they do coin toss. The replay coin toss oh god coin toss uh so um oh sorry they were playing cologne they were, they were in rotterdam but they were playing cologne um Oh wait, sorry. This is not this is um this is the European League, not not the FA Cup, sorry. What am I talking about? First season in the European League. Got past the second round. Yeah. So there you go. On a coin toss. Can you imagine tiebreaker king.
1: I would say this. Longest kick. <laughs> Longest kick. So you know how like when you do uh like shot put? Yeah. They like they mark it where it hits. Yeah. You get some of those guys out there with some stakes and longest kick. Well, just javelin. Big? Yeah. Well, you or set the ball there. at the six. You set the ball at the
0: six. Longest kick. You'd figure you'd probably get to the other, the other 18, right? Well, if you get Goal there. Keep, goalkeepers. Is that, is that who's got your hardest kick? So, are you going? Are you going? Only you only get one player. What do you think? One player, best of three. What the addition of three kicks? Yeah. So, best of three. So, or, or an average? Take, Is it the addition or the average? I guess it's six.
1: no. You take three kicks, and whoever has the longest out of the three. So I'll give you three Ooh. kick
0: takers. The longest kick wins. Oh, okay. All right. I, I that'd be cool. That'd be an interesting one you would have there. Who do you think has the strongest kick on your team? I mean, on my team or just in general?
1: On, in on general, team? like is it the goalkeeper, defender? Probably.
0: Or... I would say I would either say a center back or a or a goalkeeper. Probably have the ability to hit the ball the longest. Yeah, yeah, I would think so because I feel like goalkeepers control their kicks to put it where they want it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you ever see a goalkeeper hit a ball full strength. Yeah. Yeah. except for Andre Blake yeah
1: um, all I right. had one of my kids disrespect me yesterday and said let's see how far you can kick it it proceeded to move 10 yards outside of the 18 from the, like uh, the 6 <laughs> so then when I smashed it and they had to go run across the field
0: <laughs> they are like I said kick it back <laughs> 4 kicks back <laughs> um, so you right. can take it back in 3 the dan simmons fair play of the week award uh mine goes to tony yes. visuals uh so give him a follow on instagram it's at tony t-o-n-y visuals v-i-z-u-a-l-s all those guys from last week yeah tony visuals uh they're gonna come on the podcast soon to talk about production and sports and uh and uh short form content. Um so what they're gonna talk about they're gonna talk about what they what they do because they do some really cool stuff. Um and so yeah they're gonna talk about that and the idea of the short form content that that athletes or schools uh use. Yeah I was actually going to uh I actually got to fly
1: a drone a couple days ago when I was in Florida. And this was it. way not complex drone like they had yeah they're a lot harder than what you think oh yeah they're super hard The fly and i was flying it off of an ipad so i imagine the controller is easier from a management standpoint like with the error, like you know i'm saying if you accidentally move something on an ipad like you were
0: you watching the drone on the ipad or were you watching the drone like you so you can see you can look
1: at the drone. So because there were six drones in the air at the same time, I was watching my drone. Yeah. Um, because a little bit harder to watch on the iPad when other people didn't know what they were doing and crashing into you and crashing yeah. into walls. So like I could see from the front where I was going. Yeah. I also I, think it would be a lot easier outside versus inside of a controlled area.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's 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 a very interesting to be able to fly a drone um completely just based off of the screen yeah no that's I think yeah. it's I think it's that's that's a lot of skill that it takes uh I mean I just
1: I wasn't really trying to fly the drone and then everybody was like yeah like won't you try it And I was like sure yeah. like flying it across the room the guy was like yeah Yo, you can flip it I'm like flying it across flipping it and still flying I was like this isn't hard but I said it's the same thing as driving with five other people on the road that don't know how to drive around you you got to be defensive yeah. driver
0: yeah yeah no, uh, make sure you make sure you go give uh, Tony visuals, Tony visuals, and son uh, uh, s dot z h y m e l po- follow. Uh, do some good stuff, good pictures, good videos. Um, we'll have him on the podcast soon. So, uh, who's your Dan Simmons Fair Play of the Week? My Dan Simmons Spare Play of
1: the Week. I'm um, going give it out to middle school sports referees. Okay. As we're in a referee crisis, the fact that there are some middle schools that do not have sports and there's some middle schools that do have sports, it's a great opportunity for them to, um, you know, those referees to still help out the younger The younger kids. You know, there's a lot of travel games. A lot of referees are pulled there with referees, but between travel, high school, and even middle school, shout out to them for allowing those middle school sports to go on. Yeah, good stuff. Shout out to the bus drivers too for transporting those kids because I know that's another struggle too.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: You know, one thing we have not talked about. What? I don't know if you know about this, but did you know the MLS changed their playoff format? Yes, as a play in now, right? there's
0: a plan and there's a best of three. Interesting. Let's talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next week, but yeah, there's a best of three. Yeah. Let's research it a little bit more and let's talk about that next week. I think that'd be a good, be a good topic conversation. Yeah. I forgot where I was looking at that, but I was like, yeah, three? let's talk. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that. I mean, uh, if, you're, if you're that high seed and you're a union season ticket holder, you're getting extra games. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's true. Um. well, Remember, give us a follow on Instagram at de soccer podcast. Thanks for joining us this week, and remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.